Welcome to the Faith for All podcast. This week, we will be listening to a sermon from Pastor Dana O'Brien's sermon series about the Sermon on the Mount. This sermon series was originally given between August and November 2023. We hope this sermon is both meaningful and educational for you. Today is a day of completions. Completions. Completions are always fun. Starting new stuff is fun too, but completions is great. Brandon is completing and has just completed his time in confirmation class. Brandon, your journey is not over. It's just beginning, right? Brandon continually tells us, as he's told you all already, that he's been in this confirmation class longer than anyone else. And he's true. At least he's tied, yeah. Um, and we're completing, all of us are completing our series on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which has been our longest, well, at least one of our longest sermon series ever. And while I figured, while I figured that two months on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount would be plenty of time to take a detailed look at, at this sermon, I, was, I couldn't have been more wrong. It turns out that we have really just scratched the surface. There's really so much more in there, and so maybe at some point in time we'll take an even longer look, which circles us back to confirmation. Because that's pretty much what Barb and I kept telling Brandon. There is so much more that you can learn, Brandon. Why don't you stick around for another year? It turned out to, it turned out to be a non-starter. Okay, anyway, so we all tried. It didn't work. Anyway, the last portion. Oh, you know what? You don't know about the last portion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount because I didn't read it. So the last portion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is found at the end of chapter 7. And so I'm talking while I, while I look for, so, stole for time. And so here it is. It starts at chapter, uh, chapter 7 starts at verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few will find it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is scary. They aren't threatening. Yeah, urgent. Yeah, they are. Important. Yes, they're definitely that. Even challenging. Yes, they're that too, but they're not scary. Here Jesus is urging us to walk in his footsteps. He's urging us to be a part of his countercultural movement, to become truly human as God designed us to be. Just do it. Just do it. I think it was a Nike phrase. Well, Jesus said it first. Just do it is what he said. And of course, Jesus' call to follow, which was extended to that first community who was sitting there listening to him on that mountaintop 2,000 years ago, it's the same invitation, the same one that he extends to each of us today and every day. Okay, but in order to really appreciate it, really appreciate it, we need to remember exactly what it means to follow. And that's what he was explaining throughout this entire Sermon on the Mount. So again, remember, remember where we are, right? It took us two months, but I'm going to give it to you in, in 30 seconds. Jesus has just announced the arrival of God's kingdom for everyone. And what he's doing is he's gathering people around him to be part of this new community. This is going to be a community that will live out the values of God's kingdom right in the middle of a world that lives very, very differently, right? So first, we remember he announced this countercultural nature of God's kingdom by blessing those who were never considered blessed 
by any of the world's standards, right? And then he elaborates on this radical nature of the kingdom, right? It's a, it's a kingdom where we speak and act in ways that honor and respect the human dignity and the image of God in all people. It's where, it's where we worship because that's who we are, not because we want others to notice us, right? It's, it's where we pray for the needs of all people and then we, we act, we work to accomplish God's will rather than our own. It's a kingdom where we are free from worry, as Brandon told us, right? Where we're free from worry because we trust that our Heavenly Father, who loves us more than anything, will provide for all our needs. And where it's a kingdom where the love of God and neighbors, yes, again, as Brandon reminded, even enemies, guides our actions as we treat everyone as we want to be treated. And we've seen, we've seen it week in, week out for the last two months. What Jesus is talking about here is not simply changing our behavior. It's actually transforming our hearts, our inner nature. Jesus wants to empower us to become more of who God originally created us to be. So that, so that living the way Jesus lives, living like God wants us to live, becomes a natural expression of who we are. And, that, and we know this. We can't do this on our own. That can only happen as our relationship with God deepens and we get to intimately know and trust our Heavenly Father just like Jesus does, right? So today, Jesus ends his sermon by first offering his listeners a choice, right? That's the way everybody ends a sermon. It's sort of like Jesus' altar call, except they'd have to walk up a mountain. But anyway, he ends his sermon by offering his ch a choice, a choice between the narrow and difficult path of living in accordance with God's kingdom values or the wider and easier path, which happens to be the one that's taken by most people who will live according to the world's values, right? It's a choice he's presented to us at various times in the sermon. Think back, for example, when he reminded us that you can't serve two masters. You gotta pick, you gotta pick one, right? And it's, it's no surprise. It's no surprise that the path Jesus invites us on is less traveled and more difficult, right? He's already warned us at the very beginning of the sermon, right? That, that we would, anyone who follows him would be subject to scorn and even possible persecution. And later, he warns any would-be disciple that they'll need to deny themselves, they'll need to take up their cross if they want to follow him. It's the hard way. It's the hard way. But it is also the way of abundant life. It is the way of life that is truly meant to be lived. It is the way of life as God originally intended for all of God's children. It is a life of doing God's will. It is a life of meaning and grace and love. In fact, the, the quick and easy way to think about this, anytime you're walking through a narrow gate, anytime you're on a, a narrow path, it's the way of love. Okay? And you, take, you, you pick the choice, you take the path that leads you along the way of love. Sometimes it'll be really hard, as you pointed out, but sometimes it'll be easy and it'll always, it'll always be the right path. Then Jesus speaks of, of wolves who come in sheep's clothing, another one of those well-known expressions that you find in this sermon. And while his warning was really, really important for people who lived back then, they were, they were a small community and they lived in a very hostile Roman empire, but his caution about people, especially leaders, especially leaders who talk the talk, but really are in it for themselves and their own advancement, that warning is still really, really relevant to us today. Because, because then Jesus goes on and he says, it's not enough. It's not enough to say the right words. It's not enough to call him Lord. It's not enough to confess a creed like we just did. It's not enough to say the Jesus prayer. It's not enough to do amazing things in Jesus' name. That is not the mark of a disciple. Instead, Instead, it's what Jesus emphasized throughout this sermon. It's doing God's will. It's doing God's will as interpreted by Jesus. It's one's deep relationship with God is evidenced by the fruit that one bears. Does one activities reflect the, the good 
commands by Jesus in, this, in his teaching? Is it about love? Does it benefit the neighbor, especially the neighbor on the margins? Does it foster the dignity and image of God in all people? Does it further, does it further priests? Does it reflect mercy? If not, if not, even if it sounds good, even if it looks good, it's bad fruit. It's bad fruit. It's the actions of a wolf, and it's someone that Jesus doesn't know. But what we've learned, and maybe, maybe you're already thinking about people who are bad fruit, people who are wolves in sheep's clothing, but remember, guys, remember, we've already learned that before we examine others, right, discernment begins at home, right? Discernment begins at home. So just as we need to deal with the planks in our own eye, so we need to deal with the wolf that may live and be hiding in each of us. Are we, are we bearing good fruit? Are we bearing fruit that evidences a deep and intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father? I like that the way that Amy Jill Levine, she's a New Testament scholar, and she says it this way. Leave the walking on water to Jesus. Instead, feed the hungry. Leave the signs and wonders to the prophets of Israel and John the Baptist. Instead, clothe the naked. Leave the deeds of power, the mighty works to God. Instead, welcome the stranger. To do that, to do that is miracle enough. Finally, just in case there's anyone who still doesn't get it, Jesus makes it really clear in this story about two men who build houses. I tried to get the band to sing the song about the building of houses, but it didn't go. Um, it's important to know that both these men are, are similar. In fact, they're, they could be identical, but for one thing. Remember, both have heard Jesus' words. Both understand what they're being called to do. One difference. It simply comes down to whether or not they actually do it. The one who hears and does what Jesus commands is like a wise man who builds his house on a strong foundation. The storms of life come, the house stands firm, right? But the one who does, who hears what Jesus says, but doesn't do it, but chooses not to do it, is like a foolish man who builds on sand. And we all know what happens to a house that built on a, uh, has no foundation, right? When the storms of life come, it cannot stand. You guys, you guys, this is important stuff. What Jesus has taught us in this sermon is key for what it means to be truly human, to live as children of God and citizens of God's kingdom. So I like the way Eugene Peterson translates, and that's up there, this parable. He says, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. If, if you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, the tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed on the rock. But if you just use my words in Bible studies, I thought that was funny. If you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, well, then you're like the stupid carpenter who built his house on a sandy beach. When a storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. Throughout Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he's provided his listeners with a vision of the way that life is radically different from the offer of the kingdoms of the world. It's the way of God, the way of abundant life, the way of love. And throughout history, he extended that offer to people, and people have taken him up on it, right? They've chosen the narrow gate of love. They've lived out the words of the sermon, and they've borne good fruit. We see it in the early church, whose love and care for others became known throughout the Roman Empire, but at the same time, who refused to buy into the Roman imperial cult that mandated the worship of Caesar. It was a hard road. It was a hard road, and they paid, they paid for their choice by risking their jobs, their social standings, and yes, sometimes even their lives. Today, we celebrate the Reformation, and we probably remember Martin Luther standing up against the false prophets of Uday, who turned faith into a moneymaker for the rich, right? Here I stand, I can do no other, he is famous for saying. He too took the hard road. He risked his life through his choice to follow a God of grace. This morning, we heard Brandon. He affirmed his baptismal promises, and he made his Christian faith his own. 
He, with all of us, confessed our creedal statement and promised to trust in God and live into the values of God's kingdom. And that's a huge commitment, right? It's a huge commitment by Brandon, by all of us. But that's not, that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. See, and you thought you were done. That's just the beginning. Because now Brandon and all of us are called to go out and to actually do it. To live as the people God has called us to be and to reflect God's love in every part of our lives. And you guys know it is not easy. Especially, especially now, as our world seems so dark for so many. Right? We've got gun violence that continues to take so many innocent lives in Maine and then this morning in Chicago again. We've got horrendous storms like the one that just hit Acapulco that continue to wreak havoc on people all around the world. And, and it is impossible. It is impossible not to feel overcome by the tragedy in Gaza that's unfolding around us with so many civilians trapped. They're, they're literally trapped in the middle of a war zone, you guys. And, and this was just the last few days, right? I mean, I could, you could pick any day and you could find events that make this world a really dark place. And yet, yet, the loss and sadness and hatred and anger all around us underscores the importance of Jesus' message today. It is exactly now, it is exactly now when our world seems to, to be unable to find hope anywhere that we need to be that light, we need to be that salt, we need to very intentionally live out Jesus' alternate way of love and peace and grace, right? And so as we end this sermon series, I hope that we can all take to heart Jesus' teachings on the Sermon on the Mount to let them transform our lives. And of course, we know, we've talked about it over and over again, we can't do it by ourselves. It's, it's going to take a whole lot of help. It's going to take a whole lot of grace. And that only comes from a deep and intimate relationship with the God who loves us and who gave everything to reconcile us to God and each other. And so I've got... Um, to help us remember who we are and whose we are. I've got some of these um, what would Jesus do bracelets on the table, okay? Um, they're right in front of the baptismal font, so when you come up to communion, if you want to take one, feel free. Um, and if you're at home and you want one, just put it in the chat or email me later and we'll mail one out for you. Maybe you've noticed I wear them. I've worn them for years. I always wear them. And um, I know, I know, I'll admit, it's a little dorky, um, but I find that wearing one helps me to be a better disciple. It, I glance down and I'm reminded to pause and check with God to see if what I'm doing reflects what God would have me do or really is more about what I would have me do. And here's the thing, you guys, fairly often, not all the time, but, but fairly often, after I've checked with God, I end up responding to a situation very differently than I would have otherwise if I had just gone ahead and listened to me. It helps me to bear good fruit. It helps me to live as a beloved child of God and a follower of Jesus, even when the rest of the world is living so differently. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you're able to bring some of these concepts into your life. Come back next week for another episode of Faith for All. Faith for All was created by Cross of Glory Church. If you'd like more information on Cross of Glory, please visit our webpage at crossofglory.com where you can learn more about the church, see our upcoming events, and watch previous services and sermons. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Everyone, and we do mean everyone, is welcome to join us at 9.30 a.m. each Sunday morning for worship on our website, Facebook, YouTube, or in person at 14719 West 163rd Street, Homer Glen, Illinois. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends, family, and anyone else you can think of about it. 
Faith for All is available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, or wherever else you find podcasts. Todd Mazera created our original music. John Uzardo engineered the sound. Jeff Wanderson handled the production duties. And I'm your friend and humble announcer, Andrew Morin. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>